Hey there. Before we begin the episode, I wanted to quickly introduce you to the Art Is Podcast's new partner, Artmo. Artmo is a community-centered marketplace where any artist can sell their work and any art lover can buy art commission-free. What's really cool about Artmo is it's the first platform of its kind that lets you sell both physical art and NFTs in one place. They're bridging the traditional art world and the Web3 universe, and I'm super excited about it. The best part? You can turn any of your physical or digital artworks into an NFT on their platform, adding provenance, security, and authentication to your piece. NFTs can be a bit tricky to understand and create, but thanks to Artmo's dedicated team, it's become so much easier. And that's not all. Artmo is not just a marketplace, but also a media platform where creatives can connect, network, and join open forums and discussion groups. It's a great place to engage with fellow artists and art enthusiasts. Also, it's totally free for artists to sign up, and there's no long application process or gatekeeping involved. So what are you waiting for? Join the Artmo community now and head over to Artmo's website to sign up and start sharing and selling your work. Go to artmo.com, A-R-T-M-O dot com, or check out the show notes of this episode to learn more. In that same theme of resilience of people continuing to be like your dream is not going to happen there's no way it's like having that internal dialogue of like I know deep down authentically this is the path for me and I need to do this and no one else can tell me any different this is art is a podcast for artists where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries Welcome back to Art Is, a podcast for artists. I'm here today with my wonderful co-host, Lauren. Hello, everyone. We're really excited to talk to you today about a topic that's been top of mind for both of us, the idea of resilience in your life and in your practice. I've often thought about resilience as a way of dealing with external factors like criticism from those around me or from my professional work, negative feedback or critique, or, you know, battling different issues that that come up in my daily work. But after a lot of reflection and discussions with Lauren, we've come to realize that resilience is really also an internal battle. The idea of being strong within yourself and taking yourself and your work seriously and treating yourself with respect. So Lauren, I'd love to hear a little bit about what your thoughts are on this idea of personal resilience and how you've developed it through your work as a creative career coach. And just thinking about, you know, our feelings, like we're the only one who feels our feelings. So really any of the discomfort, the frustration, the fear, the annoyance, all of those quote, like negative feelings, those are all produced from within. No one else is producing them for you. But the funny thing is, the interesting thing is, is that it feels like someone else or something else externally is creating those feelings 
which is not true. You're creating them internally. So even just that awareness and understanding gives you a little bit more power and seeing that, you know, the way that people react may have nothing to do with you. Something that someone says to you that triggers you may have nothing to do with you and more to do with them. It may be a projection that they're creating from something that's going on internally within them. So it's having this awareness of the feelings to be able to make sense of them and grow your resilience to see that, you know, each time you do get triggered, you do go through something that is really difficult or traumatic, that you have the ability to, again, like slow down and process what's going on within so that you can come out stronger and make more informed choices going forward, if that makes sense. I thought it was interesting that you mentioned this idea of, you know, projections, people projecting, you know, their own stress or fear or anxiety onto us. But it's sometimes hard to tell when people can be really upset with you and um, just kind of out of the blue. So it's important to remember what you said about, you know, people coming to the table or coming to the conversation with you with their own fear and stress and anxiety and having that kind of inadvertently bounce onto the communication that you're having in that moment. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to your artwork too, you know, people have so many different reactions to the work that may be so close to your heart, you know, that you've worked tirelessly over that is shedding these deep parts of yourself and you're putting it out into the world and people have these reactions a lot of them are projecting things within themselves that has nothing to do with your art either. That's why it's so interesting how interpretation, you know, art is so subjective and there's so many different interpretations of art. And so like hundreds or thousands of people might be, wow, that person is not a good artist, but they believe so strongly in what they're doing that it needs to be out there. And then they somehow take off because they have the resilience to not listen to those people that are naysaying and, you know, telling them that they're not good enough, essentially. And how do you think we can build that kind of resilience if it doesn't necessarily come naturally to us? And perhaps it doesn't come naturally to anybody but sometimes, you know, you see, you know, really type A personalities, especially on Instagram, you know, showing their highlight reel of their life. And they just seem so natural, like everything is just going great for them, like their life is perfect. Um, but, you know, of course, we never see the full picture. So how would you recommend, like, thinking about building that kind of muscle. Yeah. And it's so hard. Well, it's not so hard. It just takes work to discern, you know, what the truth is, you know, what is the truth and what is the truth for you? And taking the time to do that is essentially how you can create what your deepest desires are 
And, you know, I recently went to a big event for Arnold Schwarzenegger that Tashin was putting on. Tashin just launched a very large book that is a limited edition Arnold Schwarzenegger book. Uh, one of them is $15,000. It comes with an Annie Leibovitz photograph that's almost life-size. And the book actually comes with a stand that looks like a Greek column. And uh, it's really, it's really beautiful. It's bright turquoise and it has um, years and years of all of his different careers and uh, we got to go to an incredible event at the Academy Museum here in Los Angeles, where he and the editor, Diane Hansen, talked about his, his life, essentially. And he was so inspiring. He's so down to earth, so funny. I, I just had such an inspiring experience listening to this man who you know, grew up in Austria and had this inner knowing that he was meant for big things. And he worked tirelessly to, he, he wanted to come to the U.S. He wanted to come to LA and, uh, and he was like, I'm going to do it through bodybuilding. Like, that's how I'm going to get there. He had this idea that for some reason in the U.S. that bodybuilding was like this big thing here when it, it really wasn't, but uh, but that's that's how he got noticed, and that's essentially how he got to LA. And then once he kind of mastered, you know, the bodybuilding scene, he was like, you know what, I want to be a film star, and I know this is my path. And everyone around him was like, you are not going to be a film star. You're you're not the body type. Uh, you know, in the 80s, like, you're not the lead role body type, you have this accent, you know, how are you gonna be a film star? It's just not gonna work. And then he just he believed so hard and kept getting out there stepping through fear, taking risks, experimenting, meeting people, and was able to create, you know, this lead role for himself essentially like first was Conan Conan the Barbarian and then uh to Terminator which you know he's this playing this robot so his his build and his voice his accent were perfect for that role and it just ended up taking off so he was you know in that same theme of resilience of people continuing to be like, your dream is not going to happen. There's no way. It's like having that internal dialogue of like, I know deep down, authentically, this is the path for me and I'm, I need to do this and no one else can tell me any different. I love that intentionality and authenticity that you really conclude on with that story. It's crazy to think that someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger was ever, you know, not famous and not successful, but you know, it's it's true. Like behind every icon there's, you know, a story of ascent and 
you know, whether or not your goal is to be famous or just to, you know, have a sustainable career or practice, that intentionality and connection to like the authentic self is the common thread. So how do you think we can, you know, become more in touch with that side of ourselves and maybe even like, you know, get to know ourselves better? Like if we've not, you know, thought about it before or like interrogated within ourselves, like our true desires and passions and aspirations because you know it's easy to compare yourself to you know others on Instagram but sometimes we're comparing ourselves and being upset over things that we don't even care about or don't even want ourselves and I think this relates to manifestation as well you know how things manifest in our lives and we can talk a little bit more about what you know the word manifestation means too but just going back to like the authentic self and, you know, I'm a, I really believe like taking time to do the inner work, the inner inquiry of, okay, what do I value most? You know, what, what are my deepest desires, like based off of what feels authentic for me, you know? Um, and you can do that by looking back when you were a kid to see like you know what were you doing then because at that point we weren't we weren't so restrained by society by our parents like just we were just kind of living uh more authentically and um and so looking back to see like okay what what did I love to do as a kid? What do I love to talk about now? What do I, you know, what lights me up? What do I spend the most money on? What do I, you know, have in common with a lot of my friends? Um, just asking yourself these questions to try to understand, like, what do I value most? What are my, my highest values? Because that'll lead you in the direction of your more authentic self and, authentic path and I think we're confronted when we're like trying to manifest things that we think we want we're confronted with you know a lot of uh experiences that might be different than we expect on that manifestation path and and then it trigger like big learning experiences and so I think it's not not only that inner world of like, okay, is this something I desire? What are my deepest values? But also seeing what the circumstances are reflecting back to you as well when you're moving through life. So even thinking about, you know, manifesting an apartment or something, and sometimes it can happen so easily and effortlessly. And sometimes it's, you're just hit with all of these like, difficulties and it's just not the right fit right so it's kind of like understanding your deepest desires and also seeing what is being reflected back to you as you walk through life to kind of be like okay so maybe I should pivot if this isn't working maybe I can try something different instead because the reality of the situation is is something different than I had envisioned. 
previously. Yeah, it really makes me think of this idea of friction and, you know, the good friction and the bad friction that exists. Recently, I had a really big project that was a commission um, that I had been working on for a long time, you know, uh, fall through. And at first I was devastated. And then after some time passed, I was able to like reflect on the situation and just see all of the friction points that came out and just like how those were just red flags that I was avoiding and not really like trusting my instinct on versus just last week, I um, decided to move back to Valencia in Spain and my partner and I in one day secured an apartment after seeing it, you know, just like that within an hour, got it like frictionless, you know, and it's just been interesting to look back at my own experience, like in my personal life and in my professional life, and just like start to see a little bit more of these signals that are happening around me. And I think that often I create friction for myself, you know, this, this is feeling bad. So it must not be the right thing. When in reality, it's like, maybe I just you know, I'm uncomfortable about that or have limiting beliefs around that. And so I kind of create these boundaries myself. So how would you like recommend navigating that divide, recognizing when you're standing in your way and like you're not, you know, being a resilient self versus, you know, reading the room and picking up on the signals of those around you, like the vibrations and the kind of energy around something? Yeah, it's such a paradox. It's such this kind of like push and pull because as I was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and saying like, you know, he wasn't listening to the people around him and he stayed focused on his goal. Whereas then sometimes it's like there's certain signs that are popping up that are like, all right, red flag, red flag, you know, this is not the direction, it's not going to work out. And then it kind of blows up in your face. And or the rug feels like it's being pulled out from underneath you. But then you look back and you're like, wait, no, I think there was some intuition here. There was something that was out of alignment. So it is, it's, it's difficult because there can be this outside information that you need to block essentially. And then there also can be this outside information that is relevant and very helpful for you. So it's like, I always come back to awareness and, and staying present in the present moment. Like this is really what we have. The, the only thing we really have is this present moment, you know, right here, right now. And not being afraid to make mistakes. And just, it's okay if those red flags come up. It's okay if you don't listen to your intuition. It's okay, you know, just giving yourself grace with all of this because it's a journey, you know? It's it's never gonna be the way that you completely imagine it. And that's okay. You know, it's a ride. It's a roller coaster. And to just enjoy yourself in this moment through all the difficulty, through all the joy, through all the different rainbow of a feelings that come up and like being able to feel all of the things too, being open to 
feeling all of the things. Um, because when you are more open to feeling all of the things, you can be more decisive and discerning with what is really true for you. Yeah, I think that really brings us back to um, what you brought up before around this idea of, you know, manifesting and authenticity um, and being in touch with that like inner self. So for those who are maybe new to the term or the practice or, you know, have heard about it, but never tried it out themselves, could you kind of introduce what manifesting is? Yeah. And I'll bring it back to even just the dictionary description so that you can understand from that viewpoint as well. And just, you know, here's the description from the dictionary is display or show a quality or feeling by one's act or appearance to demonstrate. Another one is be evidence of, prove. And then another one is like of an ailment, become apparent through the appearance of symptoms. So what I, I think these all have in common is like the proof, you know, manifesting is something coming to fruition and like showing you proof or having, you know, the appearance of symptoms manifesting to create something, to demonstrate something, to show, to come to life essentially. And, you know, as this relates to manifesting the term that's used so much now within like goal setting, spirituality, just kind of like the trendy term of manifesting is like, you know, creating things, most of the time, physical things in our lives that we don't necessarily have now. But I think what's interesting to think about too, is you can not only manifest physical things, but you can manifest feelings. Yeah. So manifesting the feelings and focusing in on, okay, what are the feelings that I want to create? You know, is it peace? Is it flow? Is it joy? Is it neutrality? And then understanding like, okay, what in this moment will create that for me? What long-term will create that for me? And, you know, it's going to be different for every person. But I think that there are some kind of manifestation protocols that can help you create what you want, essentially. Um, one being what we've talked about already is like understanding your values and your desires on like a very true authentic level uh, rather than your ego desires which yeah so one person might want to be famous and the other person wants to be famous but like one's actually authentically deeply like known and the others because it's an egoic kind of like, oh, they're doing that. I should be doing that too. And so it's different for every person and like really understanding what that true essence is underneath it. And then uh, another one to help you manifest things is like seeing other people do what you want to do essentially to see that it's possible. So putting things intentionally doing research and getting out there to see other people do things that you want to be doing to be like, Oh, wow, they can do it. I can do it too. 
which also is that playing with that idea of like, okay, well, is this still authentically what I want to do? So it's always kind of this push and pull of like, okay, looking outside of yourself and then looking within and going back and forth, journeying down this path and trying to, you know, keep in alignment. But when you veer off, like also enjoy that process as well. And, and the, you know, excitement and the struggle and the everything that comes with that journey. And, um, and then the last step really is like stepping through fear. So getting outside your comfort zone, um, taking risks, and uh, pushing yourself beyond what you think is possible, which can help by understanding what you're thinking, and letting go of those limiting beliefs. So that's kind of my interpretation of manifestation and, and some of the tools that I use to create um, what I want in my life. And I can attest that the tools that Lauren has created and uh, uses in her coaching practice are remarkable and work wonders. So um, I highly recommend that you tune into them. Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. To access the episode transcript and more info on the themes outlined in Season 5, go to artispodcast.com. This episode was created by me, Isata Page, and Lauren Hill from Curated Splash, with original music by Black Wonder Twins. You can find them on all streaming platforms and on YouTube and Instagram under the same handle. Okay, that's it for now. See you next Thursday. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our podcast editor, AK Joel, who's actually a professional video editor and YouTuber, but also edits podcasts. If you want to contact him about editing your own videos or podcasts, you can message him directly on Instagram at akjoel.films. That's A-K-J-O-E-L dot F-I-L-M-S. You can also find his contact information in this episode's show notes.